This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is the Bama Online Podcast as we put a wrap on the first week of May 2021. Crazy to think we're already moving into the month of May, and we figured, why not? Let's talk some college football recruiting, some Alabama Crimson Tide recruiting with our guy at BamaOnline.com. Hank South does a tremendous job for us, of course, there at BOL, and there's been a lot of activity here of late on the recruiting trail, I guess, Hank, we'll start with the transfer portal because it has giveth and it has taketh away. You've seen a couple of Alabama cornerbacks. Ronald Williams, a junior college transfer from a year ago, has decided to move on. And then here in the last 12 to 16 hours or so, we learned that Brandon Turnage uh, has decided as well that he is going to explore the transfer portal I guess in some ways, Hank, it speaks to really a couple of things that Alabama has hit on some guys at the cornerback position. They've continued to develop some guys because it's not just, let's say, Jaquincy McKinstry that's come in and sort of taken the situation by storm because a guy like Jalen Armour Davis has patiently waited his turn and looks to be in pretty good shape in that competition for that corner spot opposite Josh Joe, but just numbers in general at some point catch up at some positions and opportunities meanwhile because you have guys move on open up at others and that seems to be the case when you look at corner right now for Alabama and wide receiver with the way the portal has worked yeah and, and this is just going to be become more of the norm you know we're always used to to some transfers in the off season um you know with the with the one time transfer rule now in place i would expect that just to you know, getting even get even more um, common ac- across the college football landscape. But it's kind of crazy. Like you, you bring up defensive back. I, w- I was actually I was looking over this uh, kind of class breakdown. Just kind of I was looking through my old emails and this class breakdown we had done uh, like back in early February. And it is, it is just wild to just the guys that I haven't even enrolled yet. You know, you got the early enrollees that were there. We saw in a day, saw some of those guys shine like a Jai Hall. Um, but then, you know, you look at who's coming in in a few weeks, once they enroll Dallas Turner, you got Terry on Arnold, just yeah. we're talking about defensive backs, Kadarius Callaway, who says he intends to play cornerback at Alabama, uh, Kyrie Jackson, the number one Juco corner. So yeah, I mean, it is, it's not a shock to see guys like, uh, you know, the guys like Brandon Turnage decide to move on, um, Ronald Williams from a while, uh, I guess a couple weeks ago. Um, so yeah, n- not a huge shock. And, you know, we, we've seen Bama active and, and, additions through the transfer portal and you know now we're seeing it picked up a little bit with guys um, looking to find new homes 
And it, you look at Brandon Turnage and Ronald Williams, and you don't look at these guys and think, well, they just can't play at this level. These guys no. can play. These no, guys yeah. can absolutely play. And I'll be surprised with the one-time transfer rule if either or both of these guys aren't Power 5 starters or at least Power 5 significant contributors at corner or maybe in a sub-package role at, at another place. And yeah. you know, that's part of it, too. Alabama has recruited to a level – not just at corner, not just at safety, but you've got guys like Malachi Moore and Brian Branch that they can afford to, at this point at least, pretty much designate as specialists, as star defensive backs, as uh, money defensive back, uh, in Brian Branch's case, uh, in the dime. So that it, it, it connects to it goes from corner also into safety. And then you've got these guys like Branch and Moore that they have the luxury of right now just saying you can focus on star or you can focus on money. And that's kind of where they're at from a depth perspective. So again, these are talented, capable guys uh, that are making the move. To springboard off that, you know, Eddie Smith is someone people forgot about, you know, he's going to be at Illinois this fall. I I think he could be really successful there. I I think he's a guy and with Ronald Williams, you know, he had that injury his first year, maybe, you know, who knows how much that held him back. And, you know, maybe getting, getting the reps he needed, but yeah, no, like you said, I mean, I I think these guys, you know, it's not going to be a surprise to see, we, we always do that, um, that how, how transfers are performing at other schools. We always kind of do that look back. And I think these, these three guys, especially could be guys, you know, we're writing about next year on that piece. These are guys going to power fives. Mm -hmm. I mean, Illinois has had its struggles. It's still a big 10 program. Joseph Bullivis, a kicker moved on to a power five in Vanderbilt. You know, it's it's not like these guys are stepping down a level or two in terms of college football. They're staying on the power five level. Ben Davis to Texas. Um, you know, it's it's been pretty much the the norm to see guys do that. And, you know, I've asked Tim Watts this week here on the podcast. I asked Charlie Potter earlier in the week for his thoughts, for their thoughts on Jamison Williams. Uh, two or three weeks ago, would you have envisioned this? happening with Jamison Williams or do you think it's a case where the staff maybe evaluates things post spring and says look you know we've got some needs and some specific areas maybe of a positional group and we're going to go out and attack it and maybe that's what they did with Jamison Williams yeah I think that that was the case um and and no absolutely not (laughs) I would not especially after you know seeing the class they signed you know you got Mechie back you got Slade Bolden back. You got Javon Baker back. You have what you're looking at is a, a pretty loaded wide receiving core from the outside looking in. Um, but, you know, Nick Saban says they're always looking to to add more when they can, you know, add speed, particularly in, in Jamison Williams's case. And, you know, you have the opportunity to get a uh, an, a, a starter from Ohio State's roster that that you know his stats aren't eye-popping you know they had a shortened season but you know he competed in that wide receiving room which is probably the second or you know compared to Alabama probably the two most loaded wide receiver rooms in the country uh he started in that college football playoff he, he caught a touchdown pass against Clemson in the semifinal so he's a guy that has experience at the on the biggest stage and you know to be able to get him in a, in a cycle where you know you can have him this year he can play this fall uh, I, I think it's huge and it just adds even more depth more experience you know you got these younger guys coming in uh, they're, they're going to have some more time to to kind of uh, to, to work into the system and, and learn everything you got Jojo Earl coming in this summer who I, I think is a guy that that can contribute this fall as well so uh, I, you know I, I think it's huge he adds that that speed element I mean they all 
each one of them has has speed, obviously. But uh, I think this is one of those guys that can really take the top off the defense more so than others. Uh, and I, I think it's a really exciting addition um, to pair him up with uh, in this offense this fall. Something else that's been exciting here in the last few days, I guess, is seeing some camp dates set in stone for Alabama football in the month of June. And talk about what the aftermath of that has been. You had already been reporting for us there at Bama Online, the intention of so many of these guys, whether it was camp, whether it was just coming through town or maybe official visits, those taking shape for the month of June. Is is that just increased maybe even twofold at this point in the in the days of knowing exactly when these dates are going to be yeah it's picked up big time i I feel like most of the the recruiting updates we've been doing in the last couple weeks and probably will continue to do for the next three weeks is kind of just setting in stone plans for for what date guys are going to be on campus and uh bama's doing it a little bit differently this year obviously you know with covid there's still going to be uh, you know, things set in place to, to kind of limit exposure, I guess, but, uh, they're doing a, a series, I think eight one day camps throughout the month of June. And, you know, typically we see those, uh, those two weekends where it's a, it's a, um, it's a camp, I guess that starts on Sunday, runs through Tuesday. We see a pair of those every year. We see a specialist camp and we see the offensive and defensive line one day camp. Um, this year they're just, they're going eight one day camps. Um, and then, a single offensive line, defensive line camp, and then a single specialist camp. So still a lot of camp days, probably more so than a normal year. Um, but yeah, you know, we're, we're seeing guys um, confirm plans to, to attend those. Um, I, I have a running list in my notes app on my phone. Just kind of every time I get a name, I, I just add it so we don't forget about them because there's so many. And then you're going to factor in the uh, the official visits too that are going to open back up. And and so far, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the list right now. There's almost, I feel like a dozen official Um, visits um set maybe not full dozen but close um for the month of june each weekend there's at least uh two guys on campus for an official visit so it's going to be a very very active month of june uh probably more so than we've seen in the last few years and i I think uh, you know bama's really kind of being patient you know they're going to get an opportunity to see a lot of these guys for the first time ever um the the, uh, next month so it'll be really interesting to see how that kind of unfolds yeah, not just in terms, I guess, for finalizing evaluations and maybe committable opportunities to the 2022s that are out there, but very beneficial for 2023 and beyond after what the staff experienced a year ago with everything shut down. And speaking of that, that'll be among our topics coming up after this break. We'll talk a 2023 linebacker of particular note with Hank South, recruiting analyst for us there at BamaOnline.com. We'll also get into what went into Hank's crystal ball of another big-time defensive back from South Florida. Stop me if you've heard that before in relation to the Alabama Crimson Tide. And also a commitment date that is out there. We'll talk about that with Hank in relation to an offensive lineman who appears set to make his intentions known in the not-too-distant future. All that coming up with Hank South, recruiting analyst for us there at BamaOnline.com when the program returns right after this. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Back with more of the Bama Online podcast, Hank South recruiting analyst for BOL with us as we put a wrap on another week here at BamaOnline.com. So we talked about sort of how this next month and a half or so will be so critical perhaps to forming, uh, completely forming this 2022 cycle. Uh, But for 2023 and beyond, and I know you reported on this this week as well, uh, sounds like a five-star linebacker from a town and a program that has been very beneficial to Alabama in the past, out of state, uh, is intending to at least, uh, I guess, be in Tuscaloosa in the next month or so, Hank? Yeah, um, he actually confirmed on, I guess, Wednesday of this week, um, Jaden Osbury out of Baton Rouge University Lab. Um, he's planning to camp at uh, at Alabama on June 26th. So that's one of those one-day camps um, that's one of the dates that they've set aside. Uh, and he actually does not have an offer yet. So this is going to be one of those where, you know, I mean, he's 2023, so it's not a huge shock. Um, but, you know, you got to imagine that they're waiting to see him, um, kind of size him up a little bit, put him through a workout, see what he can do, and then decide there uh, from there, you know, if, if they want to pursue him further, which, uh, you know, he's got a pretty – pretty uh, hefty offer list um you know he, he certainly impressed a lot of schools so i would imagine he will uh he will do that with alabama as well beyond him you know looking at the 2023 class we confirmed another one earlier this week um aj harris who it's not fully confirmed but he he's trying june 9th is his target date for that one day camp he's the five-star cornerback from phoenix city that's just blown up this spring he won a camp mvp i believe at the under armor regional in atlanta um has just impressed every stop he, he's been at um long corner 6'2, 180 um a, a guy that's that's really seen his his stock skyrocket he got the bama offer a couple i guess about a month ago a month or so ago um and is is trying to get to tuscaloosa for the first time with that in pocket so um you know beyond that there, there's i mean it's going to be very very busy it's probably gonna be pretty hard to actually figure out <laughs> out of all eight camps you know pinpointing every single prospect that that'll uh that'll be there it's it's it'll be interesting because there's no parents and there's no guests allowed so it's just the student athletes and the and the coaches so that'll be kind of another interesting dynamic usually you know at the normal camp setting parents can be there and you know they're taking videos you usually get some cool clips out of camp or you know you hear about some kids but when it's just the recruits it'll it'll probably be a bit, little bit different in, in how we cover it so um yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see jumping back to the 2022 group Another cornerback from South Florida, defensive back that Alabama has strong interest in. Another one that when you talk about NFL legacies, like a Patrick Sertan II, in play for the Alabama Crimson Tide, this time in the form of Earl Little Jr. Man, American Heritage down there uh, in that Fort Lauderdale area. Just amazing with Sertan, I believe it was, and Tyson Campbell a few years back. And now it's Earl Little Jr. And I see here in the last few days, you have put in a crystal ball prediction for the Alabama Crimson Tide with Earl Little Jr. What went into that, Hank? It's almost like you look at this recruitment and it's just how you kind of just wonder how this couldn't end up being Alabama. Just with everything that's happened, you know, 
you, you take into the South Florida, the South Florida factor, Alabama typically signs one or two high level prospects from South Florida, every cycle, uh, you oftentimes uh, a five-star high level elite defensive back. You know, you look at certain, you look at Josh Job, you look at Jordan battle, uh, American heritage, the head coach at American heritage is Patrick certain. <laughs> so he's got the Bama connection yeah. there. Uh, and obviously, you know, he knows all about Alabama. You know, his dad was in the NFL, uh, played for three different teams. Um, knows plenty about, you know, what it takes to get to that level, uh, what coaches can get you to that level. Um, and, and it just seems like Alabama has a lot going for it. We actually spoke with him, um, right after the day after the NFL draft, uh, the first round of the NFL draft. And uh, Nick Saban conveniently timed up his phone call with Earl Little for right after Patrick Sertain, the second was drafted <laughs> by the Broncos. Um, and obviously, you know, that that stands out to a kid getting recruited. And, you know, he, he Earl Little Jr. even said, you know, why can't I be next? You know, I see Pat come from the same school I went to um, going to Alabama and now he's in the NFL. And he said that Saban told him that um, – this might be a year off, I guess, but he told him he did the same thing with Minka. He called Patrick Sertain the second when Minka got drafted. Um, so he was hoping that it would be the same kind of luck with Earl Little Jr. Uh, doing that with calling him after Pat got drafted. So I thought that was kind of a cool little story. But um, I, I think this recruitment has Bama written all over it personally. And, and he's going to take this a while. You know, he's, he's going to take his recruitment to uh, to the All-American Bowl and make his decision there, which, you know, we saw Patrick Sertain wait until – February national signing day when he announced for Alabama. Um, that's not unheard of. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. I, I feel pretty confident about, about Alabama right now. He's going to be on campus next month um, for the, uh, for a two day visit. Um, and then he's going to be back at, in Tuscaloosa for the LSU game in November. So for his official visit. So he's got a couple trips upcoming to Alabama and you know, who knows, maybe he'll take another one at some point between, between those two uh, dates as well. And speaking of LSU and looking at his his crystal balls that have been uh, issued along with yours, it looks like there was even just, uh, I guess, more than a year ago now, early love given to LSU in relation to Earl Little Jr. and his college destination. is Are the Tigers still kind of the other team in this? I mean, obviously – as a legacy of UM, you would think the Hurricanes would be in that mix, but the way Alabama has gone into South Florida and just absolutely cherry picked right in Miami's backyard, is it is it more Alabama LSU than anything else? I think so, and and, and you know you, you, I keep comparing it to Patrick Sertain's recruitment because they're so similar, but you know that that was Patrick Sertain was mm-hmm. that was an LSU lock. You know the, the people I remember that summer, the summer of 2017. When we started kind of writing about, hey, you know, Bama's in this, like, don't like I, I think he took a visit in July or, or June of 2017 and everyone would kind of just wrote it off like, oh, he's going to LSU. There's there's no question. But, you know, we started kind of saying, oh, hold on a minute. Like there, there's something going on with Bama here. They're, they're, they're pushing pretty hard. They're they're in it. And it was kind of just a joke. And even up to his signing day, not a joke, but nobody wanted to believe it. Uh, and even up until signing day, there were still people that were certain that Patrick Sertain, the second was going to pick LSU. Um, I don't think this is one of those cases. Like you said, he's, he's a Miami legacy. I think if anything, you know, if Miami has a strong year, uh, we're going to get to see Alabama and Miami go head to head. So that'll be a good little barometer for them. But, uh, if they have a strong year this season, maybe they stay more involved than, um, others. But, um, I, I don't think this is near the, you know, LSU being the favorite it, it, as heavy as, you know, it was for certain at this point in the recruiting process. And even Andrew Ivins, who 
he, he put in one of those early picks for LSU. I was talking to him earlier this week, and he, he thinks Bama is probably the team to beat as well um, at, at this point, too. So it seems like Bama is in the driver's seat. You know, it, it, does that matter right now? You know, whatever, eight months before signing day? We'll see. But I, I think they have a pretty good shot at this point. Billy Embody does an outstanding job as an LSU insider, among others, for 247sports.com. One day after you went in with the crystal ball for Alabama, Billy did that as well for the Alabama Crimson Tide. So that has even things up a great deal in terms of crystal balls anyway for Earl Little Jr. Our guy, Hank South, by the way, when it comes to 2022 accuracy right now, he's a perfect four for four. So Hank yeah. knows what's up. He's batting a <laughs> thousand. He's our, he's money, our guy, Hank South. Hey, don't forget about the uh, – the, well, I guess that's still 2021. The, the Jamison Williams <laughs> transfer portal crystal ball pick as well. Ah, yes, <laughs> yes. Thanks for not letting us forget about that, Hank. <laughs> you know, you got to flex. You got to right. claim those W's when you, you can do. in this it's industry, tough. man, yeah. because uh, because things change quickly uh, in this industry. Hey, um, Hank, uh, as we get out of here with you, wanted to ask you about an offensive lineman from IMG who I see has established a commitment date. Uh, Dane Shore, what, what can you tell us about maybe where he's at? Obviously, it looks like Alabama's been in that mix for some time. Yeah, I, I think he's a guy that, you know, there's a lot of interest in um, mutually from both sides. He was actually in Tuscaloosa for a day a few weeks ago. Um, you know, I, I think Bama certainly wants to see him, you know, this summer. He's actually set to officially visit Bama at the end of June. And he announced that his commitment day is going to be, I think he said sometime in July. So you'd think that's going to be that that last trip before he makes an announcement. So maybe Bama takes hold of momentum there. I know um, I know Oklahoma's heavily involved. Um, I know Auburn. I, I think he might have dropped Auburn, but. Auburn has been in there on the crystal ball a little bit. Um, he's from the state of Georgia. He went to IMG Academy for a little bit, went back to Georgia. Um, so, you know, he's got a lot of teams involved. I, I think Alabama, Oklahoma are probably the two schools to watch closest. Um, and I, you know, I, if Bama wants him, he, you know, I feel like I say this a lot and it's oftentimes true. Uh, you know, Bama wants to make a push for him. And, you know, I, I think there is a lot of interest there. I think they have a pretty good, pretty good shot in this recruitment, um, for Dane Shore. He, he's, uh, connected well. He, he's had a, um, a few conversations with Nick Saban. He's gotten to know Doug Marone the new offensive line coach. And I, I think he likes what he's hearing. So that'll be one where we are certainly watching closely um, as, as we enter the summer months, the portal camps coming up, official visits coming up. It's real again. Not that it never has, hasn't been that it ever hasn't been, but uh, real in terms of more like it was in 2019. But man, when you consider this one-time transfer rule going into effect, just another dynamic of the recruiting process that's going to take things to another level on an annual basis. Thankfully, we have Hank South working with us at BamaOnline.com. Hank, always appreciate the time, my man. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, Travis. Hank South, I'm Travis Schreier. Thanking you once again for joining us here on the Bama Online Podcast. If you haven't already, how about a subscription to the podcast. It's the Bama Online Podcast. Anywhere you consume pods, you're going to find us. If you leave us a rating and a review while you're there, that would be greatly appreciated as well. Thanks to Hank South. Thanks to you. Check us out next time when the Bama Online Podcast returns. Until then, have a great weekend, everybody.